My dad does not have a belly button. I'm serious. I am not kidding. My dad really does not have a belly button. You might be asking yourself, how is that possible? What I tell people is that he was a test tube baby, uh, which really isn't true. Uh, so I, I just tell people that. Uh, I also tell him that he had it um, he had a shot off in the war. A sniper got him right in the belly button, and that's really not true as well. But it is true. My, my dad actually does not uh, currently have a belly button. Uh, do you want to know the real reason for that? Okay, I'll, maybe I'll tell you later on. Okay. But here's the, here's the big question. I want you to think about this. Did Adam and Eve have belly buttons? It's a, one of the most profound questions of all time. Because think of it, we have belly buttons because at one point, you were in your mama's tummy and there was a tube coming out and that's where you got your food from your mama into your belly button through that tube. And that's, that's how you ate back then when you were inside your mom. And so we all come from a mom and dad like that and we all have belly buttons. You know, I've kind of thought sometimes, when I was a kid, I always thought it'd be nice if you still had something like that. When sitting at the table and, you know, my parents say, you're not getting up until you eat those Brussels sprouts. That would have been nice to just have some tube that could vacuum them up and say, I I did it. I ate them. Didn't have to taste them, but I ate them. So we don't know. We don't know for sure. Adam and Eve, because Adam, the Bible says, was created from the dust of the ground. And then Eve was taken from from Adam. They didn't come the normal way that, that we all are. So maybe they didn't. But maybe they did. Maybe get, God gave them belly buttons just for, the, just for the look of it. But we do. We all come from Adam and Eve. And we, because of that, we are all part of one big human race. And that was the main point of VBS this year. That there is, there's one human race. And we talked about the unity of the human race. And what a, what a beautiful, beautiful truth to talk about. I mean, especially in the world today that focuses so much on all these things that divide people, divide people, to really be able to focus on what the Bible says and how that unites all of us and what is the same with all of us. So thinking about that, I want to give you three things to think about. One human race, and this means, first of all, that we all, every one of us, has the same human father. If you go way back, the same human father, not maybe your father, but grandpa, grandfather, way, way back, all the way to the beginning, and that's Adam. And so maybe it is true, maybe that you, if you go back far enough, also have a father that maybe had no belly button. Who knows for sure. And one of the key verses for this week is Acts 17, 26. And he, this is talking about God, made from one man, that's talking about Adam, every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth. That God is the one that did this. He is the creator. He is the one that is the source of all of this. And this means, one, that we are all connected. If we all go back to Adam, it says from... This is from one man, from Adam. So this means that we are all connected. That if you go back, it's like, it's like dominoes. That Adam was the first one. And then if you, you ever see we have a long line of dominoes and tink, 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 tink. If you go back to Adam, you can trace it. Adam had kids, they had kids, they had kids. And down the line it goes until there was your great-grandparents, then your grandparents, and then your parents, 
and others you. And here you are. But if we follow the line back, we all go back to the same parent. We go back to Adam. And that means we're all connected to Adam, and that means we're all also connected to each other. We all go back to him. Now, some people, you know, they, they don't get that. They don't agree. I thought this was interesting. There was a survey that just came out that talked about um, what people believe in America. And it says, I was pleasantly surprised to see this. There were three different options as far as what people believe. And the one that had the, the most from the survey, uh, it was 40%, it said, of U.S. adults agree with the Bible that uh, God created human beings basically in our, in, in the, just like we are a few thousand years ago. I thought, wow, that's, I'm really, I was encouraged. Of course, there's other people that don't believe the same thing, but there was only 22% that didn't think God was involved at all. But we know from the Bible that God is the one that did it. He made us, and we're all connected back to him. We're connected to each other. We're not connected to animals in the same way. You can love your dog, your cat, your fish, but we're not connected to them. You're also not connected to angels in the same way. Did you know that according to the Bible, angels are like a separate race? So we are part of the human race where angels, they're, they're something different created by God. And sometimes we think that when people die, they become angels. Uh, when you die, your soul goes to heaven or to hell, and your, your, your soul lives on. But actually, angels are something that's different. We're not connected to them the same way that we are all connected to each other. So we're all connected. It also means that we're all related. And God made from Adam every nation of mankind. All the different nations that are out there. See, we may look different. There are different characteristics. And some of us, you may have different skin color, some a little bit lighter, some a little bit darker. Might have different shaped ears and eyes and nose. And some people are taller and some people are shorter. And some people, they focus so much on these differences. But the truth is, that we're all connected, we're all related to each other. We may sound different. People speak different languages. You know, the Bible talks about that as well. You know, on the stage here behind, it has, has this thing. It's like, what is this? This would be maybe what a, what a ziggurat would have looked like. And they used to build these in the ancient world. And Genesis 11 talks about the, the Tower of Babel, and which may have looked something like this. And that how uh, what God had told the people to, to spread out among the earth. But the people rebelled against God and said, no, we want to stick together and we want to make our name great. And they want it to be about their fame and their pride. And so God had to, to get them to spread out. He judged them and he gave them all kinds of different languages. So then all of a sudden people couldn't understand everyone and so they kind of grouped up and some people went off and, to other, and grouped up in different places. And so, yeah, people spread out, and we have different languages, and we may look a little bit different, but we're all related. And that's so important for us to remember that, the, the, the unity of the human race. And I say, let's focus more on what unites us as people than what divides us. And that's what the Bible teaches. And I think if more we believed what the Bible said, everything it said, that it would really help with so many of these tough things that are going on in the world today. And there were tough things, you know, that maybe you woke up and saw the news today. And who knows what's going on, but we live in a world that people are full of a lot of, a lot of hate for each other. And if we believe what the Bible said, we'd be filled with love for each other, realizing everyone, no matter how different they may seem, is your brother or your sister related, if you go back far enough, to Adam and Eve. 
Do you know, do you know who thinks that the Bible is a racist book? People that don't read the Bible. Okay? I say to you the Bible is the most non-racist book that there is. So we're all connected, we're all related, and here's, this is really important. We are all created in the image of God. This is huge. This is important. This means you are created in the image of God. That means your friends are. That means if even people you don't like, they're created in the image of God. And that should change the way that we think about them. And he, God, made for one man, Adam, every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth. You know, sometimes we use the phrase mankind. And, you know, that doesn't, that's not just talking about uh, boys when it says man. Do you know what the name Adam means? It, it literally just means man. He was a human being. He was a man. So when you are a part of mankind, it really means that you are a part of Adam kind. That you, boy or girl, were all descended from Adam. We're, we're from him, part of his kind. And the Bible says that when God created Adam and Eve, he created them in the image of God. They were enough like God that they could know him, they could have a relationship with him, they could represent him on the earth, and this gave them value and, and dignity and worth. And it says when Adam and Eve had kids, they made their kids in, in their image. It was passed on down. And so that means all of us, we're still created in the image of God. That might be, might be kind of messed up because of sin, but we still have the image of God. And that's important that you think about everyone else around you being created the image of God. There's a verse in James that says this. James 3, 9 through 10, it talks about our tongue, what we say to other people. It says, with it, we bless our Lord and Father. That's good. And with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. And so that's not good. The Bible says, from the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. We should treat each other with dignity, respect, love for each other, no matter how different we are, because we're all created in the image of God. So yeah, the image of God is something good that you have inherited from Adam. Your great, 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 great grandfather. That's something good. There's also something bad that you have inherited from Adam as well. So we all have the same father, ultimately Adam, but we also have the same problem. We all have the same problem, and that's sin. Sin is when we don't do what's right. When we rebel against God. Really, that's the core of it. When we think, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to, I know best. I want what I want when we're selfish. And the Bible says, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So whether you think you're kids, whether you think you're the naughtiest kid in the world or you think you're the goodest kid in the world, the Bible says we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. None of us live up to what God says. Disobey parents, we do what's wrong, we have bad things coming out of our heart. How many of you have ever seen one of those big, giant domino setups? Have you ever seen on TV or on, on YouTube where they, where they have like dominoes and they you know, push one down and they keep on going? And some of these are amazing where it, they have like a whole room and they go up and down things. How many of you kids have ever seen something like that on TV? or on? I know, yeah, those are, some of those are cool. And some of, you know, they will take a long time setting these up. This is a true story. I read about this. There was somebody recently in, in Germany, and he was going for the world record, okay, of a certain kind of domino. 
and he had these set up, and there were over 600,000 uh, of these dominoes that he had set up to get ready to go, and he was going to break the world record. And you know what happened? A fly landed on one of the dominoes. After two weeks of setting this up, a fly landed on one of the dominoes and started knocking it over. And once it started knocking over, there was no way to stop it. And they just went down, and all of that, it went, all of that was wasted, and all these dominoes fell because of this. It started this chain reaction. And it wasn't at the beginning, uh, but it said that still over 600,000 dominoes fell. It took 15 minutes for it to complete. That's how many there were, but the guy didn't win the record he was going for because of this fly. Can you believe that? You know what? Something like that happened to the human race right at the beginning. God had created the human race. He had created us upright. He created us good and innocent. And Satan tempted Adam and Eve, and he got them to disobey God. He got them to sin. And ever since then, they fall down. And we are fallen. We are no longer standing upright like God created us and said we are, we're fallen into sin. In fact, the Bible refers to it as the fall. By the way, I looked at this article. This is a true story. And after I decided to use this, I read it. And the name of the guy that was in charge of this, his name was, no joke, Patrick Sinner. You know, Adam was the, the sinner that we are accountable for his sin. His sin caused all of us to be sinners. The Bible talks about this as well. Romans 5.12, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, we say, well, didn't Eve sin first? Well, maybe, but Adam is the one that was held accountable for this. He was the, the team captain of the human race. He was like the head representative. And so it's, it's his sin that caused all of this to happen, for all of us to be fallen down. And it says, sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin. And so death spread to all men, to all people, because all sin. And so we know we are fallen as well, too. Do you still want to know why my dad doesn't have a belly button? Okay, I'll tell you. Uh, when, when he was a young man, uh, one time he was with some friends, and they had a dare and they dared him to do a bunch of these like really hard sit-ups where it was like, you know, kind of off the end of a, a table and he's doing these sit-ups. And uh, he has a, um, in his stomach, a, something he was kind of born with, a little kind of a, a hole in the stomach muscle, a little kind of weak part. And so he's doing these sit-ups. This is really gross. His stomach muscles ripped. And his kind of insides, his guts started kind of coming through. And he said it was about the size of like a grapefruit. It was still under the skin. It's called a hernia. And uh, the doctors had to do surgery to take care of it. And when they were done, no belly button. <laughs> and here's the thing. I was, this is something that gets passed on. Okay, I, I have a belly button. But I have the same thing where I have a little tiny, tiny hole in my stomach muscles. And uh, if, if I push out like this, I can make my, uh, my guts kind of poke through a little bit. So... <laughs> Back in the day when I had more washboard abs, you could see it more. <laughs> Not much to notice now. Uh, so I've got to be careful when I'm doing sit-ups. But that's something that was passed on to me. 
And kids, you all have something that was passed on to you. Maybe it's hair color. Maybe you look like your mom. You look like your dad. Maybe you have your dad's nose, your mom's ears, something like that. But you know what you have passed on from Adam? You have a bad heart. I mean, at the core, that's what sin is. So we're born with a bad heart. Not our, not our physical heart that pumps the blood, but the inside that causes us to do what we do. The, the, our inner being. We're born with a heart that's, that's poisoned, that's polluted with, with sin. And that's why we do bad things. Because at our core, we have, we have this polluted heart. And we're accountable to God because of that. And we all get this from Adam, who was our, our team captain. And if in fact, when he fell, his domino fell so hard that it's like it hit the ground and shook it and made all the other dominoes fall just all at once. And that's the situation we're in today. And so that's why we have the problem, sin. It's the same for everyone. And all people, the last point, I'm glad I can give you some good news here at the end, we all have the same Savior, Jesus. That Jesus came to save everyone. He didn't come just to save people that look a certain way or that speak a certain language, or that uh, live in a certain country. He came for everyone in the world, every single people group. If you're part of the human race, because eventually, ultimately, we're all part of one big race, going back to Adam, he came for us. And even if you're in different people group, whoever, we all need Jesus, and he came for every single one of us. The Bible says, Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. So think about this. When it says one trespass, who, what trespass do you think that was? That was Adam and his sin when he rebelled against God. And it says it led to condemnation. That's a big word. What that means, think of a judge. And you have somebody that has done a bunch of crimes. And the judge takes his gavel and says, I pronounce you guilty. That means condemned, that you're guilty. And if a judge is good, he's going to go according to the truth. And if, if people are guilty, he's going to have to say, you are guilty. And you did the, the crime, you have to pay the punishment for this. So that's the bad news. We're sinners and we deserve condemnation for that. But I'm glad that there's good news too because there was... The original Adam that screwed things up, but then God sent someone else, someone that was perfect, someone that was not a fallen over domino, someone that was standing upright. And Jesus, when he came into this world, he was the God-man, fully God and fully human. And so he never sinned. Can you imagine that? Someone who never sinned, and he always did what was right all the time. And it said, but what he did, his perfect life, and then he let himself be put on the cross and killed. He didn't deserve that. Think of how much that hurt. I mean, he was nailed there with nails to his hands and his feet and hung on this cross until he was dead. But he did that because he loves you so much. Because what he was doing there is he was taking on himself the punishment that that we deserve. And so by what he did, it said it leads to justification. The justification is the opposite of when the, when the judge says, condemned, you're guilty. There's an opposite when the judge says, you're innocent, you're, you're righteous, you're, you're free to go. And so because of what Jesus did, it made it so that anyone, no matter what people group you're in, no matter what language you speak or whatever, that you can be forgiven 
not because of anything good that you did, but because of what Jesus did on the cross for you. And this is available to anyone, to, to any people group. Jesus came and he died for, for all types of people. But it's something that has to be received. That you don't just get this automatically, but you could receive this now because it's not something, you don't have to do a bunch of good things. The Bible says, Romans 10, 11 through 13, for the scripture says, everyone who believes in him, in Jesus, will not be put to shame. Notice everyone, okay? For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, and so it doesn't matter what country you're from, it doesn't matter what your skin looks like, there's no, it's all the same. There's one problem, sin, and there's one Savior, Jesus. Another place in Scripture it says, and there's salvation in no one else. There's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There's no distinction, for the same Lord is Lord of all bestowing on riches on all who call on him. And so that's the key here, calling on him. It says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, talking about Jesus, will be saved. So you don't get saved, you don't get forgiven by by doing a bunch of good things or I'm going to try harder. You ask Jesus Christ. You turn to him, say, my sin, I don't want this sin. I want to turn to Jesus. Save me from my sin. I believe who you are. You're the God-man that lived a perfect life and you died on the cross for me. I believe that in Jesus. I want you in my heart, in my life. I trust you fully to be my Savior. And I pray whether you're a kid, whether you're a mom or dad or a grandparent or whoever you are, you know, have you called on Jesus to save you? Have you put your trust in him? It's available to anyone here. No matter what you look like, no matter what you sound like, no matter what your history is, no matter how long a list of sins that you know you have, it doesn't matter. Jesus died on the cross so you can be saved. We receive it all the same way, through faith. And then at the end, like that verse from Revelation that the kids sang, After this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation and from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and with palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our Lord, our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for making us all. Thank you that we are all connected to, uh, to Adam and Eve, our first parents, and therefore we're connected to each other. Help us to learn to treat each other with love and kindness and to not treat each other with, with prejudice or hate or anything like that. And to help others to realize that we're all created in the image of God and we should all respect each other. But Lord God, we thank you so much that you came to solve our biggest problem, which is sin, which makes us not right with you. We'd be condemned. So we thank you that Jesus Christ died for, for every type of person that is out there and that anyone that trusts in you will receive the forgiveness that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. In his name we pray. Amen.